Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC. John Coleman. JC. What's up? How you doing today, man? Doing great. How about yourself, Dio? I'm doing fantastic. Ready to rock and roll. I am. But before we start, I must ask, I see this piece of paper right here. Yes. Does it have something to do with today's episode? We are going to do today's episode 100% CMB Strong. Let's go. See hashtag CMB Strong. Okay. Certified mortgage bankers. Okay. The highest designation one can achieve in the mortgage industry. Okay. All right. My journey. You printed this out from you printed this out yourself? How'd you get this? You made that yourself? I earned it. Whoa. I earned it. Whoa, you earned this? Two years in the making. Okay. Two years in the making, I earned this. Yes, I did have to print it myself, but I do have a pretty one coming in the mail. Okay. Like with engraving. That's what I was going to ask on the plaque is going to hang up in the Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like like we're going to take that 40 out of uh, under 40. Okay. We're going to remove it. Because you're not under 40 anymore. Oh, damn. Sorry, sorry. Ouch. I just, the math. Burn. Just, oh, yeah, Burn, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. For those that are keeping tabs, I turn 42 next month. Um, so uh, 40 under 40 is going to come down and my CMB is going to go up. Okay. Do you even know what a CMB is? Um, Certified Mortgaged Banker Seal of a- Approval. Yeah, Certified Mortgage Banker. So essentially imagine this. Imagine one going for their master's or their MBA, uh-huh. but instead of ma- – I think MBA stands for Master's in Business Administration. Correct. Yeah, CMB is the master's program for someone in the mortgage banking industry. Okay. So some of the requirements. Um, you can't even – apply to become a CMB until you've been five years in the industry. Five years. Five years at a minimum. They actually recommend seven years. Okay. And then before you can apply to be into the C- a CMB candidate, we'll call it, mm-hmm. you have to accrue a certain amount of points. Okay. So I've worked for Waterstone Mortgage for the past 12 plus years. I received three points for every year. I worked at Waterstone because Waterstone is a member of the Mortgage Bankers Association. Okay. And look, if you're a mortgage company and you're not a member of the MBA, like the MBA is our industry's largest lobbying arm. Like they have a fantastic office on 1919 M Street in Washington, D.C. Like they're legit. I couldn't imagine being a mortgage company and not being a member. Mm. Like I would even go as far as saying you're probably not that legitimate of a mortgage company if you're not a member. Probably not fair for me to go to that extreme, but it's like that big of a deal to be a member of the Mortgage Bankers Association. Okay. And within the Mortgage Bankers Association, there's the, the national, but then each state has their own Mortgage Bankers Association, and they're affiliated. And then the state also has local chapters. So I was first introduced to the MBA through my local Central Florida chapter. And I was a young buck, probably two or three years into the business. And I can remember Cindy Velez, one of my favorite managers in the mortgage industry. Shout out to Cindy. Um, Cindy's like, hey, will you come with me to the NBA event? I'm like, sure. All I thought was free lunch. (laughs) Um, And it was free lunch because Cindy was paying. (laughs) Okay. But she took me to my first NBA chapter. Um, What I realized is, well, this is my industry. These are my people. This is my network. I should get involved. What was the first event like? So you walked in there, you were new to the business. Was it intimidating? Was it like in a conference room at a hotel? What was yeah, it? Yeah, we, so we, we did it at a, at a local restaurant. We do them now typically um, at a hotel. Okay. And we rent out um, some small conference area. They cater the, the, the okay. luncheon. So it's a luncheon. Okay. Uh, they typically have a speaker. 
And um, you know, the speaker is going to bring value, whether the speaker is someone from HUD, whether it's a sales trainer. Gotcha. Uh, we've had economists, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But oh. there's a speaker. But you get there to network. Okay. Because you know, so much of what you do, you do on your own, mm-hmm. right? You sit in your office, you do your thing. You don't talk to other people who do what you do, but maybe for a different company. Yep. Or you don't get a chance to see your vendors or you don't get a chance to to see the people on the other side of the business because yeah. being in the mortgage industry is more than just being a loan officer. It's more than just being a processor or an underwriter, right? There's the, the secondary marketing uh, people, right? Mm. Those are the folks that actually deal with trading of mortgage-backed securities and locking in loans. And there's people who specialize just in the compliance aspect. And there's people who specialize just in legal affairs and people who specialize just in servicing. Like oh, wow. when you have a mortgage, you have to make a mortgage payment. Yeah. Well, there's a whole set of departments that go into facilitating your payments, hmm. making sure that not only do they collect your payment on time, but then they remit payment for the renewal of your homeowner's insurance and they make sure the tax collector gets paid and there's investors who have actually invested in your mortgage. That's how the the whole ecosystem works and they need to make sure they remit principal and interest payments to the to the investors of the MBS. It's like there's a there's a whole scope. Oh, sounds like it. Yep. And it 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 runs through the MBA. The MBA is our biggest advocacy arm. So I was first introduced to the MBA through my local chapter. My sales manager took me to a local meeting. Okay. That culminated to fast forward five years. I'm more involved. I'm starting to attend their board meetings. And the board meetings, like any other board meeting for whether it's an HOA or any other organization you're a part of, whether it's youth sports or you, know, you name it, your local charity, it's a group of people who decided, you know what, I'm going to volunteer or be voluntold to take a more hands-on approach to how this organization runs. Okay. Like what speakers should we have in? What charities should we give money to? What dates should we meet? Mm. What are our objectives? Do we need a Facebook page? Like these are all things that someone has to make those decisions and uh, typically a board gets together. So I started attending the board. Then I was coerced into, and gladly, I was like, you know, maybe alligator arm in a volunteer. Like I didn't want to go straight up. Like, yeah, uh, but I'm like, uh, like, I want to... I uh, don't want to sound too excited, but really I am. Um, I um, volunteered to be the president of the local chapter. Okay. So what that means is is you're the president-elect, then you're the president, then you're the past president. It's a th- basically a three-year commitment. Okay. From that, that parlayed someone saying, oh, look at this sucker. I mean, this <laughs> nice, fine, young gentleman, professional, yeah. he's willing to work for free. <laughs> we need some help on the state level. Okay. So just like the local chapters, which in Florida, Florida is a large state. So there's probably eight or nine different chapters of Mortgage Bankers Associations. There's also the state chapter and the state needs a president and a secretary and a vice president, et cetera, et cetera. They also need a board. Mm-hmm. And I agreed to do a two-year term on the board. And a lot of it is because I like to be involved. I like to know what's going on in my industry. And this is where I'm going to get a little bit preachy. Okay. Why would you not? Like... Why would someone in their industry, regardless if it's mortgage or if it's real estate or if it's financial services or if it's tech, medical, why would you not want to be involved in what your industry promotes? Why would you not want to have a say? I mean, I do, man, but it's it's on Tuesday afternoons and I, I don't feel like driving after work. I'm tired. The weather. Uh... Yeah. I mean, it, look, people don't don't prioritize it. I, I put a priority on it and I... I can't fault someone. Like, we all have our own rhyme and reason why we do something. But to me, 
as a driven, successful person in my industry, I felt like being involved in the industry, knowing what was going on, mm -hmm. would make me a better professional. Mm -hmm. Right? Not only did I have to get to have conversations with people outside of my small little circle, but I also got to be a part of conversations that helped us prepare for what the future was going to bring us. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we were always one step ahead. Uh, me being involved allowed us to, to, to be one step ahead. It also helped when we were growing Waterstone, mm -hmm. that people knew me already. And if they were looking for a career change, I was one of the first phone calls that they made. Mm. So it was beneficial. No different than if someone was involved, it was been in, in the organization, it was beneficial to them if they're trying to advance their career. And maybe they didn't have career advancement opportunities at their current place of employment. Mm -hmm. By making connections through their local chapter or the state organization, mm -hmm they could then be introduced to people who would eventually hire them or be a part of the hiring decision. So there's also those benefits as well. Gotcha. So back on my journey, I, I was uh, um, on the board for the state for two years. Um, that you know, probably meant I did uh, two conference calls and I did two in-person meetings. Okay. Each lasting about four to six hours. That's doable. Very doable. Yeah. Yep. And all they needed was someone who, who followed what was going on in the industry to be able to have a vote into what direction we should be steering our state chapter. Okay. Now, through through the involvement in the local and the state, I started attending their um, annual conferences, which are typically two-day events at really cool destination locations, Key West, Del Rey, Boca Grande. Typically, it was a night in a hotel. It was away from the office, away from the wife and kids. There'd be events that had free booze. I was like, heck yeah, sign me up. Like my kids were little. Yeah. They were slightly annoying. <laughs> Love you kids, but you were. Yeah. Um, I just had to get away and I got to get away and unwind, but also dive into uh, my industry. Okay. So it was while I was involved that I learned of the certified mortgage banker designation. Okay. And at first, what excited me was all the wrong reasons. So what excited you? It was hard. Okay. And it was a designation that not many had, which made it um, desirable for you. Desirable for me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're like, like at 18, I was the guy that wanted to go to Marine Corps boot camp just to say I did. It made gotcha. me hard, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, David Goggins, stay hard. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was hard, but it was also something that was prestigious. Okay. And don't get me wrong, that's. The prestige is a reason to go for your CMB. Yeah. Is, is, now, now, you said you have to, the, before you can even think about getting in um, the club, I'll call it. Yeah, it's a, society, it's a society, CMB society. Um, yep. You said you have to be a banker for six years uh, in the loan. You have to be in the industry, industry for a minimum of five. Minimum five they years. recommend seven. Is there, what other kind of requirements are there for you to get in? Yep, so there's education requirements. Okay. Um, so how many um, courses have you taken within the industry? Okay. And they give you points on on those. Okay. Um, and there's also what was your industry involvement? Oh, okay. So meaning how many conferences have you attended? Mm -hmm. Which conferences have you attended? Um, they didn't have to be MBA necessarily. That they, they could have been other like um, masterminds won by Todd Duncan. Okay. I probably could have received points for or um, you know maybe if I went to a course summit or something that Carl White and the Mortgage Marketing Animals put on. I just had to be able to show and prove that I had been investing in myself gotcha. and in my career. Okay. But also, you know, it helped me that yes, I had a ton of points just from being 12 plus years at Waterstone mm -hmm. and Waterstone is a member. And then I also could say, well, I was president elect president 
past president. All three are board members on a local chapter. Mm-hmm. I was on the board of directors a two-year stint for the state MBA. Mm. I had attended four or five state conferences. I had attended the National Secondary Conference, and I attended the National MBA Conference. Wow. Like, it helped me that shout out to Eric Egenhofer and shout out to Bob Salingo and shout out to A.W. Pickle. It had helped me that I had three leaders within my own organization at some point that promoted getting outside of the office and, and attending these events. And they drug me along. Nice. Like, to go to MBA secondary, it's a big deal. That's typically people who are C-level or senior VP get to go to that. Mm. And I was neither C-level nor senior VP, and, and I got to tag along. Nice. Um, so, you know, but, but those are some of the events. But I was lacking um, from the educational standpoint. Like, I couldn't come up with anything that I had done educationally, especially something that was sponsored through the MBA or a like organization. So for me, it was a two-year journey. And um, because I first went through the MBA School of Mortgage Banking 1, School of Mortgage Banking 2, and School of Mortgage Banking 3, all three of those designations come with a certain point total. So when I say it was a two-year journey, Mm -hmm. for me, I decided in about November of 2018, you know what? I'm going to do this. Okay. I'm going to do this. November of 2018, our Pop Warner football season had had ended. Okay. Uh, My son was an eighth grader, so this was his last year of playing youth sports. It was my last year of being a youth coach. So I knew going into 2019 that I was going to have some time on my hands. I was going to use that time to go and um, be a student in School of Mortgage Banking 1, School of Mortgage Banking 2, School of Mortgage Banking 3. That gave me this AMP designation, Accredited Mortgage Professional. Okay. Now, quite honestly, School of Mortgage Banking 1, I could have taught. Okay. Like, it was a four-day course. I got to go up to Washington, D.C., one of my favorite cities, stay in a hotel, and network with other mortgage professionals because there were about 50 or 60 people in that class with me. We did it right at the MBA's headquarters at 1919 M Street. And um, School of Mortgage Banking taught mortgage basics. Now, one thing I learned when I went through School of Mortgage Banking, because as a CMB, I'm now committed to be invested in my Mortgage Bankers Association, I'm now going to sign up to be an instructor for that course in the future. Oh, cool. Um, School of Mortgage Banking 2 is what really excited me about going through, they call it Psalm, Psalm 1, 2, and 3. Okay. School of Mortgage Banking 2 was something that I was intrigued about. I knew just a little bit about it because I had been exposed by um, an old mentor and an old boss of mine, as well as our senior vice president of capital markets here at Waterstone Mortgage when they took me to the secondary conference um, in, uh, in, in Manhattan, School of Mortgage Banking 2 is all what we call secondary. It is all the business side of the mortgage industry. It is um, utilizing warehouse lending to fund loans. It is securitizing mortgage-backed securities. It is servicing mortgages. Mm. It is selling mortgages. And, I mean, it's, it's all what happens behind the scenes. You and I know of the loan business because we are consumer facing. Mm-hmm. We are loan officers that are going out and we're helping realtors and builders sell homes by financing homes for their buyers. We're doing the consultations and that's the front end, the production side. But then there's the back end. Oh, okay. It's what happens when that loan is actually closed. Okay. 
why were we able to go out and, and close that loan? What, why were the guidelines written the way they were? Does no, does, uh, taking what you learned from Psalm 2, if I said that mm-hmm. correctly, uh, does that make you, does that prepare you, does that help you in your kind of day-to-day as a loan originator if that's what you do? It does because when I talk, I will now talk at least scholastically. Like, look, I don't have firsthand experience. I'm a firm believer if you want to learn something, go do it for a minimum of nine weeks. Mm. And that's if you want to have a strong opinion on a topic, (laughs) not going down this rabbit hole, (laughs) but it's election season. (laughs) People love social media. I would encourage people not to have a strong opinion unless they've worked in that field or studied it for nine weeks. Damn, that would be an empty feed if most people followed. Oh, it would be an enjoyable feed. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Right? It would be a a bunch of kids, uh, pictures of of kids at t-ball games and uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. nonetheless. Um, so, but what it did do, it gave me a great general overview. Okay. It allowed me to sit in a room with a senior vice president of investor relations or a senior vice president of servicing or a senior vice president of capital markets and at least speak their language, at mm. least be able to follow along. Gotcha. Yeah, it's kind of like, hey, I took five years of Spanish in both high school and in college. But it wasn't until I moved to Costa Rica for nine months that I really became fluent. Mm-hmm. Same thing applies. Look, those four days spent in that classroom exposed me to a world that I knew nothing about. Mm-hmm. And by the way, there's a test at the end of it. So then I have to go back to my, to my home market. I have to study for a test and take the test. And that studying reinforced the things that I learned. Mm-hmm. Um, but by no means are you going to be like, hey, I'm going to go run capital markets for, <laughs> yeah, okay. for Chase Mortgage <laughs> because I went through Psalm 2. Okay, okay. Um, Psalm 3, by the way, is super fun. So Psalm 1 and Psalm 2, you have tests at the end. Like you actually have an exam that you're going to have to study for. You can't take the test until like at least 24 hours after your course has concluded. Mm. So typically the course concludes on Friday. You can't take the test until Monday. Is it a written exam, digital, bubble letters, just one giant question you have to for write? For like, Yeah. Uh, uh, a, B, C, or D. Oh, okay. I believe, if I remember correctly. Man, this was like a year and a half ago now. <laughs> but, but, and then Psalm 3, and we're talking more CMB, but, but I went through School of Mortgage Banking 1, 2, and 3 because it gave me the educational credit, credit points that I needed gotcha. in order to just, by the way, submit my application to become a CMB. So all we're the, getting to this. All this is trying to just get to the point that you can. Oh, God. Yeah, that, that you can. All right? Okay. So, so, so nonetheless, Psalm 3 you and and the people who have signed up, you get broken up into into a, a, a group size of like four or five or six. You run a mortgage company for those four days that, that you're at, whatever your home market is. Like, look, I chose DC for two of my psalms, and I chose um, Chicago for one of my psalms. Okay. But while I was in DC, I got to go to a Nats game one night. While I was in uh, Chicago, I got to go to a White Sox game one oh, night. That's like, cool. yeah, there's a rhyme to my reason and why I chose the cities I went to. But, um, but Psalm 3, there's no test. But what's really cool is every day you're basically running a simulation of a mortgage company. You and your group, which let's call the board of directors of Mortgage Comp- Acme Mortgage. Okay. Okay. But I did Psalm solely because when I was looking at the requirements and the points that I needed in order to just apply to be a CMB, I needed educational credits. Mm-hmm. So I went ahead and took Psalm 1, 2, and 3. I uh-huh. went ahead and got the AMP designation. Um, I believe you don't have to take all three of them. You could have taken just Psalm 1 and 2 and been like, I have enough credits to apply for my CMB, deuces to Psalm 3. But I'll tell you, if you've already done 1 and 2, do 3 because it's the fun one. There's no test. Mm. And 
you're it's it's just fun. All of the classwork is fun, mm-hmm. um, and it's the best time to network. And people who make it to Psalm three tend to be people who are all VP and above in their in their careers. Mm-hmm. So you're definitely hanging out with some of the more ep- upper echelon. Okay. So that's something cool about CMBs, and I don't know the exact statistics. I'm sure Amber Lawrence at the Mortgage Bankers Association, shout out to Amber, could um it would 100% give you the the right statistics. But it's something crazy like. 80% of CMBs have the title VP or higher. Yeah. Yeah. So it definitely is a bit of a who's who. Yeah. I mean, Bob Brochschmidt is the president and CEO of the Mortgage Bankers Association. He's a CMB. Mm. Um, Dave Stevens, who was the secretary of FHA or assistant secretary of FHA. He was also the president CEO of the Mortgage Bankers Association. Right now, you can see his uh, he's being published in Housing Wire. He's being interviewed on um, uh, cable news networks, mm-hmm. also a CMB. Like, people high up in the industry have their CMB designation. So it's, it's just a really cool accomplishment. For me, it was a bit of a capstone on the first half of my career. I'm 42 years old. I've been in the industry for going on 15 years. Me getting my CMB, when I talked about the 10 years ago, when I heard about it, I want to do it for what I thought were the wrong reasons Uh because it was hard because it was prestigious. I honestly don't think I would have done what it takes to achieve it 10 years ago. Mm. Um, I did it now for me and we all have our own CMB story, but for me, it was if I ever truly want to run a mortgage company, I felt like I had deficiencies. Mm. Like I have a lot of accolades in my resume when it comes to marketing, sales, production, uh, growing something from you know teeny tiny to something that is is one of the the, the larger in the industries. Like like, but that's all production based. I didn't have any hands on experience with investor relations. I didn't have to go out and. Um, apply for a warehouse line or sit through various audits or choose which investors we're going to sell loans to or figure out how to hedge a pipeline or uh, get my full Eagle, translate it to my, my Fannie Freddie seller servicer. And like so many aspects to had I started a mortgage company Mm -hmm. at age 26 versus go work for one, I would have had to achieve. Mm -hmm. So if I wanted those notches on my belt, so to speak, I could have walked away from everything we built here at Waterstone, which would have been, uh, <laughs> I mean, just asinine yeah. to do, for the sole goal of, I want to do it on my own. And yeah. No. Or for me, if I felt like I was deficient in any avenues, let me at least go and scholastically become less deficient. Let me go at least learn it, study it, become a student to my industry, not just to what I do and know. Because I know a lot about loan production firsthand. I mean, that's thousands of closings and branch openings and hiring and firing of loan officers and coaching and mentoring of sales professionals and building out CRMs. I knew that firsthand experience, but the other stuff I didn't have. Mm -hmm. And I recognized that I would never allow myself to get it firsthand. Mm -hmm. So that was part of it. Now, the second part of why I I, uh, went for my CMB was... I look at my career as different phases, kind of like a quarter, like a, mm-hmm. um, uh, a football game, you know, four quarters, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. I would like to believe that by the fourth quarter of my career, I'm going to be wanting to give back solely. What quarter are we in right now? Third. Third? Third quarter. Okay. Yep. Yep. We're in the third quarter. 
Um, by the fourth quarter, it's not going to be about the money. It's, it's going to be about leaving a legacy. But a legacy is making sure that, that the mortgage industry that gave me so much that I can help, you know, one, one small drop in that large bucket, mm -hmm. but I can help leave it for generations of homeowners to come, for generations of loan officers to come and underwriters and processors, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the CMB designation, I think, is one step to my involvement in the NBA. Like, I joke, but don't joke, hey, Bob Brochman, I want your job. Like, I would love to be the president and CEO of the Mortgage Bankers Association. Hopefully they don't tune into too many episodes when maybe I drop F-bombs. But please, no, I do that for theatrical effects, all right? Um, no, I am who I am. I don't, I don't hide from it. I don't back, back down from it. And mm -hmm. If I use choice, colorful language, I'm doing it for effect, right? Um, but, yeah, if, if I were, were to want to go advocate on Capitol Hill on behalf of my industry, I need to know – more about my industry. I need to be a student of it. I need my CMB, hmm. right? I need my CMB. These are all things that I want to do. I want to run a mortgage company one day. I want to advocate on behalf of my industry. I want to educate more so than just, I mean, we use this platform to mm -hmm. educate, mm -hmm. but let me formally educate. Let me, let me volunteer my time with the Mortgage Bankers Association and, and let me go teach other mortgage professionals. Maybe they're on the opposite side. Maybe they're on policy mm -hmm. and I can teach them what it's like to be a loan officer. That's what Psalm 1 does. Mm -hmm. Like I sat through Psalm 1 and I thought, hey, quit raising your hand. Quit answering all the questions. <laughs> Shut up. Check your work email. Mm -hmm. You're disrupting class. Yeah. But there were people in there that worked at Fannie Mae, that worked at Freddie Mac, that worked for the OCC, that they're not loan originators for a living. They were there to learn kind of what it's like to live in my world. Hmm. Well, what better teacher, at least my favorite teachers when I went to UCF, were the adjunct professors. Mm -hmm. Those that actually did what they taught. Right. Well, I can maybe give back. So, you know, me, me getting my CMB was, was also part of that. And if you ask my wife and kids, it was also part of my midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, hey, let's do 75 hard once. No, screw that. Let's do 75 hard twice. Yeah. Hey, you want to run a half marathon? Sure. Let's sign up for three and a, and a triathlon. Like, Jesus. let's get your CMB. Let's read some books. Like, what, so, so what was the, uh, the studying like? Was it intensive? Was it arduous? Were there just handouts after okay. handouts? So, yeah, right? This is like a super long story. <laughs> hey, I, you got a minute? I have a story for you. Okay. You got like a half an hour? Um, so you got the points. Mm -hmm. Right, the, the the points you've submitted your 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 application, you have to find a sponsor. Um, your sponsor needs to be someone who's already a CMB. Huh? They're not that hard, especially if you're involved in your local chapter. Your local chapter is going to have one or two CMBs that are pretty active still that mm -hmm. that you can find. Um, I shot for the freaking moon with my sponsor, and uh, I nailed it. Okay, I nailed it. I chose someone I didn't know. And someone I looked up to and admired from afar who had held two positions, three positions in his career that I aspired okay. to have. And I noticed that he was a CMB as well. Great tee up. Who would this individual be? Um, I hope he doesn't mind me naming him. Dave Stevens. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Dave Stevens, who I've, I've already shouted out yeah. and mentioned earlier, um, was on vacation with his family, like an African safari. Okay. And through LinkedIn... I shot him this like novel <laughs> okay. of a sales pitch. Okay. And uh, he goes, I don't know how I can say no to this. Okay. Yeah. 
don't let me down. Don't screw it up. Okay, don't screw it up. And someone like me, I kind of need that. I kind of need to set the bar really high to force me to make sure I give it my my full effort. Gotcha. And um, Dave was everything I needed in a sponsor. Okay. He was everything I needed in a sponsor. It worked out magically. Um, and a little bit, I got my ulterior motive. I got to build at least a quasi relationship with Dave. At least he knows who I am. I know who he is. And we've had conversations on the phone. Okay. Um, I know he knows my cell phone number because he, he, he called me. Okay. Uh, when, when, when I, when I, um, passed my oral exam. Okay. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, that's not recommended for all. Okay. Right. But, but for me, I wanted my sponsor to be someone who had, achieve certain things in their career that I aspire to achieve. Makes sense. Other people would find value and I want someone who has recently gone through the process because they can most help me. Mm-hmm. See, I was able to shoot for the stars and and um, ask Dave because I had someone like Teresa Angelo in my back pocket. So Teresa and I were in some classes together. Teresa is a mortgage insurance rep at ArchMI and I am one of the offices that treat that Teresa calls on. Okay. So I already had a business working relationship with her. I had a personal relationship because by the way, part of going to some is networking with your peers. And Teresa and I went to the Hofbra house together with a group of people in, in Chicago and got to know each other personally as well as professionally. So I also knew that I had someone who she received her CMB a year ago mm-hmm. and just went through, through the process. And I leaned on her heavily to answer my questions and make sure I was prepping the right way. Um, so shout out both to Dave Stevens as well as to, to Teresa Angelo and, you know, so many other people that I'm probably not, um, you know, uh, remembering, but were, were, were instrumental along the way. So you submit, what you have to do is you have to do a prep course. Your prep course is a six week prep course where you're getting on a call once a week and you're having a homework assignment once a week. So the call is an hour. And uh, they have the, uh, because what you're doing is you're preparing for the way that you achieve your CMB once you've accumulated the points and you've submitted your points and someone said, yes, we'll accept your money. Yes, you are Mm -hmm. now a a candidate for CMB. Your next step is you have to pay for this prep course and go through it. You're preparing for a written test. The written test is six sections. Each section is one hour in length. So it's a six-hour written exam that you must pass before you can go on to the final phase. So in order to prepare for this, they don't give you a book. They don't give you notes. They don't give you a slideshow. They don't give you an audible to listen to. Okay. You have to almost say, oh, God. I know. Because yeah, that's everything I did. so that. not in your wheelhouse, John Coleman. <laughs> and that's okay. You haven't even been in the mortgage business for five years yet. So let's talk to you four, oh, year, okay. four years and two months from okay, now. Okay, let's do okay. it. Okay. But no, so you, you, you sign up for this prep course and you have a call once a week. The calls last an hour. And then you have homework assignment and the homework will take you somewhere around an hour as well. So you're dedicating about two hours a week for your first, for like six weeks. Once that ends, it is highly suggested both by the folks at the MBA, as well as people like myself who went through it, create a study group. So in my prep course, let's say there were 30 or 40 of us, we broke up into like three different study groups, about, uh, you know, 12 to about 10 to 12 people per group. And because they don't give you books, you have 36 to 50, like, bullet points. When I say bullet point, like, keywords. Mm-hmm. And they say you must know all 36 subjects, topics for this one chapter. Six chapters. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, what you end up doing is 12 of you divide up the work, mm. and you create your own study guide. 
our study guide was over 200 pages long. What? Yeah. It's a six-hour written exam. You don't know what, they, what they're going to ask you. They, they give you an idea like, hey, John, we're going to ask you questions from these 36 topics that are inside of this particular unit. You put together your own. You go do the research. Uh, okay. Yeah. So that's helping you prepare. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's really exciting. Yep. So you do the six-hour um, uh, prep course. Then you spend about or the six weeks of a prep course. Then, then you spend about six weeks working on your study guide. Then you start studying. So for me, and mine was a little bit odd because – COVID happened. Mm. So in my mind, when I planned it all out, I'm like, okay, six weeks for the prep course, six weeks to put together the study guide, three weeks to study the study guide. Bingo. I'm going to take my written exams the Tuesday after Memorial Day weekend. Okay. That would give me like a long week and a really crammed study. Mm-hmm. Well, then COVID happened and it was crazy times in the mortgage industry. We we're having record years and you know, COVID brought some new new hurdles to overcome and, you know, curveballs to dodge, et cetera, et cetera. Long story short, I found myself in July and August, and I still hadn't done it. Uh-oh. I had 200 pages worth of notes sitting on my nightstand, and I hadn't cracked them yet. Uh-oh. So I did – I, I kind of took some of my half marathon training, and I'm like, you know what? The best way to train for a half marathon is to sign up for one. Hmm. So I signed up for my test date. I signed up for the Tuesday after Labor Day. Okay. Happened to be about three weeks out, and it allowed me to every day for 21 days. Thank God I've done things like 75 Hard, and thank God I've read books like Atomic Habits, and I knew I could do it. I studied one hour a day every day for 21 days. And actually, I, I studied one hour a day every day for 18 days, because then on day 19, I studied two hours. Hmm. On day 20, I studied four hours. And on day 21, I studied eight hours. Damn. So then when I came in and I took my written exam, by the way, the written exam had to been proctored. So I had to reach out to someone to basically come and proctor my exam, make sure I wasn't cheating, that I was in a room with no notes. So it's not an open note test. In fact, every section of my proctor had to get on my keyboard. I had to turn my back away and she had to type in a code to bring up the next section. Yeah, section mm. of whatever it was, six, 10 questions. I think it was like 10 questions per, per, per section. And it was written. Yeah. Happy to say. A little braggadocious here. Um, like you said, written like with a pen on a piece of paper? Nah, keyboard. Okay. Yeah, but like, like I, I wish I knew the, the statistics, so I'm going to make it up like most statistics are. <laughs> but okay. like I'd want to say that probably a quarter to a third of the people who take the written exam do not pass the first time. Like it's not a, oh, yeah, you took it and you passed. I don't think it's half don't pass. But I would say it's more than a quarter percent. Do you remember? Again, Amber Lawrence at the NBA could 100% uh, or any of the other more senior people who have been more heavily involved in the NBA probably know the exact number. Mm-hmm. But I would guess it averages somewhere between 25 to 50%. 50 is too high, 25 is too low. They don't pass the first time. The good news is, is you only have to retake the sections you, you didn't pass. Right. So when you take it, you can receive an excellent, good, a satisfactory, or an unsatisfactory. UF all day. I mean, for me, but yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> but but satisfactory, good, and excellent all are passing grades. Okay. Um, and I went into it understanding like, yeah, Dio, I know you studied your butt off. You sacrificed like crazy. But this is a lot of information to know. And some of the subjects were foreign to me prior to school of mortgage banking and prior to studying for my CMB. But um, I took the exam. It takes them about a week or two to, to grade um, and get back to you. 
and I got five excellence and one good. Yeah. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, loan administration, by the way, lo it's basically loan servicing. Okay. So the collection of payments and then remitting payments to investors, I'm only good at, guys. Mm. So there goes my career. There's in, room for improvement, in, in, in loan administration. So are you able, I don't know if this is like NDA or something, but could you give maybe me and maybe some of the folks listening an example of like the question that they might give you uh, on a particular section? Get an example of like, so go. An example of um, a question. Yeah, so they're like mostly scenario. Like there's some layups. Like there's some layups where you have to calculate um, someone's uh, debt income ratio. Well, someone like me who's in loan production, yeah, that's, that's like, a layup. Yeah. Someone who spent the past 20 years working in policy or working in, in let's say, technology. Whoa, what's that formula again? Yeah. Mm. Um, but like, I'm trying to think what, I mean, it's, some are, are that simple. And let's say, um, okay. You are the CEO of an independent mortgage banker. Okay. And mortgage rates just unexpectedly dropped. Okay. Explain what this means to your hedge positions and what could potentially have gone wrong that your warehouse lender is calling you. And if they're calling you, what's the reason? What's the most likely reason they're calling you? Okay. Like it would be a, a, a scenario similar gotcha. to that, that. Okay. That you would have to be able to answer. But you said it's such a wide slide. You could get lucky and have two layups where it's like calculate DTI and something else, but then. Well, and that's, well, that would be section one would be calculating DTI. And then uh, section four would have been the question that I just. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. But it's, it's questions like that. And the good, the good part about it, they're not yes, no, black, white answers. Mm. They're designed so that if you know what you're talking about, even if you don't know the specific angle that the that the author of that question is going for, if you know your stuff, mm -hmm. you'll be able to write enough intelligently thought out decisions or, or, or answers mm -hmm. that they're going to understand that you know what you're talking about. You might not have understood the question, but you can get full credit by mm -hmm. answering it um, in a manner that, that shows you, you know what you're talking about. Gotcha. Um, so that's most of the uh, of the questions. They're they're more theoretical or examples, mm -hmm. and then you just start going. Okay. So once you have passed the written, which again, you're not going to pass it, and not everyone's going to pass it first time. You may s fail section two and section six. Six is like current events. Mm -hmm. Two would be loan administration, or you might have failed five. Five was compliance, mm. regulation, like, mm. uh, right? Mm. Except for the attorneys out there are like, what are you talking about? That's my favorite part. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, so if you do that, you don't have to retake the entire thing and you don't have to wait like until next year. Mm -hmm. No, you can go home, you can start cramming for those two sections, figure out what so you did wrong and, yep, and, and, and go at it. So once you've done that, then you have to do a, uh, about a 45 minute to a one hour oral exam. Bro, come on, still? Yeah. So the oral exam, you're gonna, it's gonna be, it's gonna be proctored. And normally this is in person. Um, I couldn't do mine in person because of COVID. Yeah. So we utilize Zoom technologies, and I had three CMBs. They each asked me two questions. What, like a panel type discussion. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Panel discussion. Okay. And all they were trying to do is figure out, do I really know what I'm talking about? That, that's that's the purpose of it. Like they saw my my test scores. Mm -hmm. They seem to make sure that my test scores are legit and mm. that there's the person behind those test it scores is really you is really me and really does understand the industry from a holistic and totality approach. Mm -hmm. But that's the CMB. 
I highly recommend that anyone who is serious about their career in this industry, especially as it pertains to advancement into leadership roles, whether the leadership roles within your organization or with, within um, a new organization, because maybe you, you do want to utilize obtaining your CMB to, to potentially look for other career opportunities outside of your own organization. Hopefully you'd be using them for career opportunities within your organization. I know some people, they use them because their employer will give them a raise if they're a CMB. Mm. Or they were looking around and they're saying, ooh, all of my bosses have their CMB. Maybe, maybe I should maybe get mine too. Get mine too. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All depends on what organization, what department, and what scope that 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 you're in. But it's it it honestly is such a cool um, accomplishment. I was way more proud of myself that. than I actually thought I would be. So you've been in terms of schooling when you got your college degree versus getting your CMB. What was more gratifying, satisfying? Well, Jackson and Kendall, shut your ears. Although Jackson doesn't listen, but Kendall does. Um, I studied more for this than I did high school and college combined. Hmm. And high school was not gratifying at all. Um, I finally got my mom to tell me, like, why did you, like, throw me a party for high school? I'm like, it was no big deal. Like, you're supposed to graduate yeah. high school. And I knew I was going on to college. And um my mom's like, that party wasn't for you, dumbass. The, par <laughs> the party was for you, me and your dad. Like, Finally. Like, yeah, you were 18 and at least had a high school diploma. We done yeah, our job. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. after that, the rest is on you. Yeah. And once she told me that, you know, for like 20 plus years, I've been going around thinking, I still don't remember why my parents, I, mean, I got like $1,000 in cash from all of their friends and neighbors. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. that was great. Yeah. Uh, I used that $1,000 to actually open my first Stock brokerage account. Really? And I used it to buy Steve Madden stock. Wow. You know, the shoes, yes, Steve yes, Madden? Yes. Which is even crazier because Steve Madden is actually the first stock that IPO'd from the guys from the movie uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Wow. Look at and you. they all got into like a bunch of like corrupt yeah. legal issues because of how they IPO'd that. And like mm -hmm. Steve Madden, I think it might have even like gone to jail or had to pay a fine. But, uh, wow. but yeah, just a little tidbit. Info about DO that you probably didn't already know because I haven't shared it yet. Um, but no, the, the CMB is pretty gratifying. And here's what kind of stinks is that when I go to big events, it'll matter. Like people at secondary conferences and, and, and within the Mortgage Bankers Association, they'll know. But I work in an office of 50 or 60 people, maybe half a dozen know. That's why we're doing this show. Mm -hmm. That's why CMB Society is kicked has kicked off their campaign, CMB Strong. It is an awesome thing to be a part of. It is an awesome achievement to do for, for one's career. And I don't think enough people know about it or know just how awesome it is. So, you know, I was hoping to do this show today less to be pat myself on the back, you know, yay is me, but more of a this is really awesome, guys. You should look into it. Mm. You really should. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's it. Okay. CMB. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> okay. I'm Dustin Owen. He's John Coleman. That's my CMB certificate. MBA.org. Look into it. Amber Lawrence. Give her a call. 212 area code. She's up in D.C. But if you're serious about your career, if you've been doing this for five plus years, first, make sure you're getting involved in your local MBA Look into getting involved in your state MBA. Look into school mortgage banking. Look into achieving your CMB. Push yourself to be the best professional you can be. That's my PSA. I'm out. Peace. Peace.